This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. Bill McMinn, along with me, Eric Barfell, talking about Jesus Christ and the resurrection from John chapter 20. And it's a great passage. We're here in our 40 days of seeking God. And awesome to consider since 40 days of seeking God, the Lent season is about thinking about Jesus Christ's death Mm -hmm. and resurrection and the impact of that. So it's great to be on this passage for this podcast. And it says in John chapter 20, verse 19, now Jesus Christ is about to appear to his disciples. And it said that on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with their doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And after this, he said this, he showed them his hands and side. Now, just want to point out one thing. There are no scriptures that say that Jesus Christ was nailed to that cross. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about him being nailed to a cross. Other than it says this, right? Now, it says in the Bible, prophetically, he'd be pierced for us. Hmm. But obviously, he was nailed to a cross if he's showing them the nail prints, right? right? So here's your evidence that he was nailed to that cross. And so he showed them his hands and his side. That's where the spear mark went. And that was the indicative exclamation mark upon his death. Mm-hmm. Was that because the, the water and blood yeah. coming out, it pierced his heart. So his disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So. One interesting thing is this. Jesus Christ did not have a doppelganger. Okay. (laughs) There wasn't someone looked a lot like Jesus. Where did all the art come from? Yeah. Where did all those famous paintings come from? (laughs) Who did they use as a model? Who did they? Yeah, their own. That's for sure. (laughs) In their brain, they use that. Yeah, 1,400 years later, we have no idea what Jesus Christ actually looked like. But the disciples would have. And sometimes I think people might think, well, does somebody just look like Jesus? Like Mary sees the gardener and mm-hmm. mistook him for Jesus. Some confusion. Guy didn't really know what she was talking about. Yeah. You know, she loses track of it goes. Well, no, because there were nail marks in his hand and a spear mark in his side. It had to be Jesus Christ. You don't have two of them running around. You know yeah. what I mean? Two people that look like Jesus, both nailed to a cross, both with a spear thrown through their side. That does not happen. Okay, yeah, there can always be a doppelganger. Somebody, yeah, look like Jesus. I'm a little bit confused. There's no one that has the scars like Jesus Christ. Yeah. What's he wearing at this point? I don't know where Where'd he got his clothes, clothes coming out. He got his clothes somewhere, <laughs> right? Maybe why he came out in the dark. You know what I'm saying? So, because <laughs> he was dressed in linen, and because I, I've wondered that myself. I'm like, so where did Jesus Christ exactly go? Except I thought, you know, hey, you know, you got the angels there. You've got his heavenly garb. You've got... Right, you right. Know, so... And I, I think about, you know, this is off topic. The gardener. What, what's a what's a gardener look like? Right. That she mistook him for the gardener. Right. It was dark. He was just a person. Okay. Yeah. So when it's dark out and there's no light, you just see somebody out there. She even assumed he was a gardener because who else would have been there? She doesn't think anyone else really would have been there other than a gardener. So she just even assumes he's a gardener, not a thief, not a... somebody just wandering through not somebody there to give her harm she's just making an assumption even that's an assumption yeah that he's a gardener as opposed to uh gardener 
assumed she was the gardener. Yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. Except it was Jesus, yeah. So he knew, right, and so yeah. he listens to the talk, and then he says a, in a way that she recognizes. But, yeah, I mean, I look at that whole thing, and, like, yeah, Jesus Christ really did come back from the dead. I mean, you've got the linens, you've got an empty tomb, you've got him showing the mm-hmm. nail marks and the spear mark to these guys. Now, and proof the is one, there. The, the proof one first is there. thing he says, yeah, peace be with you. Why? Because it says these guys were afraid. They were, why are they, why are they hanging out? They were together with the doors locked. I mean, they had the doors locked for fear of the Jews. It's not like Jesus Christ knocked on the door. They let him in. Like he's a pizza delivery guy. You know, this is, he just appears there. Yeah. That's right through the door. Yeah. I I was in summer camp when I was in like high school or something. And he was talking about this passage. He's like, did you use a master lock? Well, I'm the master. And he just walked right through. (laughs) It's just like, it, it makes you wonder, right? Huh? Where did he? How? How? You know, you right. just have so many questions at that point. It was like, okay, well, I think the resurrected body work? is different from the normal body because the well, resurrected certainly. body can materialize well, I would through hope a door. So. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no. How how startling would that be that he just? Um, I think it would be shocking. Actually, yeah. they were overjoyed. But I mean, his first words again are, "Peace be with you." Mm-hmm. And I think about angels appearing uh, to people and having to tell them, "Hey, you know, calm down. You know, don't be afraid." And I think of knowing their fears, knowing this is an anxious time for them. His first words are, "Peace be with you." And I think about how many times that is stated, how many times that's a desire of God for us that we have peace. Yeah. No matter what we're going through or how scary the times are, right. that God is more powerful than the things that we're going through. Just be at peace. Mm-hmm. Be at peace. You're going to be okay. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he he's, um, wishes peace on them because there wasn't peace in that room. No, right. They were not at peace. No, they're not. Within themselves. As indiv- they weren't at peace. When you're scared and anxious, you're not at peace. Right. I mean, that's a fact. Exactly. Right? I mean, so it's the opposite of it. You can't hold on to both... At the same time, it's kind of like this. You can't have doubt and have faith at the same time. The more mm. faith, the less doubt. The more doubt, the less faith. They One erases the other as much as light erases darkness. You can't have light and dark in a room at the same time. Mm-hmm. So so if they're in fear, they're not at peace because those those two are right. going to offset right. and change each other. And the, and the shadows of anxiety, the shadows of fear are driven out by this light of peace. Mm-hmm. And so Christ is coming in, peace be to you. I want you to have it. I don't want it just to exist outside of you in your real world. I want you to have peace. I want you to be okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a beauty to that. When we come to God and we bring our petitions before and be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, mm-hmm. present your request to God. Right. And the peace of Christ, which transcends all, all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind. The peace of Christ, the peace that he offered his disciples right here when he walked into that room, the peace of the resurrected Lord, right? Right. He's walking into that room. That same peace he's saying, I'm going to give to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that same peace. You know, I think of, uh, it wasn't, too uh, too long before this, he's on the boat on the stormy sea, and he said he calms the the wind and the waves. Right, he says peace. He says you know he speaks peace into that situation right. as well, and it was calm. Right, and sometimes we need that. That's exactly what we need. We need to calm down. Like mm-hmm. we need to be at peace. And there are times when I'm talking to people, they're very a lot of troubles, and you're trying to calm them down. Like Isaiah 40, comfort, comfort my people. You know, they had a long road back to return to Jerusalem at yeah. that time. There's a long way back sometimes spiritually, 
be at peace, comfort, comfort my people. Your sins are forgiven. And it's interesting, like the second thing he says, he wants them to receive the Holy Spirit, so he breathes on them because now the Holy Spirit can actually go. He's giving this as a gift to his disciples, and it's starting right here. We all have the Holy Spirit, and that's powerful. But he says, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Mm. And that's an interesting concept because that, you know, I, I looked that up a little bit because we know in the Bible, how is a person's sins forgiven? How do you get the forgiveness of your sins? Are you depending on me or do you just go to God? Oh, go to God. Right. So if I forgive you. Not you. you. Exactly. Exactly. So if I, if you did something wrong, let's say that you went out and you got a DUI, just to say something absurd. It's not for me to Mm -hmm. forgive you of that. It's for God to forgive you of that. But if you read this at face value and didn't compare to the other scriptures, and sometimes, by the way, you get the weird doctrines when you take one verse and you don't compare it in in the context of the greater scriptures. You might say, oh, no, you're not forgiven. You're not forgiven unless I forgive you. Or that a whole church would have to come to its set of pastors mm-hmm. to gain forgiveness because, hey, sorry, guys, you know, as a disciple of Christ, as a minister, appointed to minister, you can't get any forgiveness outside of me because hmm. I have to be the one to forgive you. But clearly when Paul is preaching, he said your sins are forgiven when you believe in Jesus Christ. You never see any evidence of the apostles, any evidence of Paul or Peter or anyone else actually being the only ones that could absolve a person's sin. You know, we're sending everyone all the time to Jesus Christ. So the meaning would be, listen, as you're preaching this gospel message, the gospel message is the forgiveness. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to be forgiven. If you're not believing in Jesus Christ, you're not going to be forgiven. If you're not coming to Christ, your sins are not going to be washed away. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's really the message here. Yeah. As this comes through, because he said in Luke 24, 47, I believe it was that, they were supposed to preach repentance and forgiveness in his name. So the message, I think this is about the message. You're going to get the Holy Spirit. Your message is forgiveness. Yeah. Which is powerful. Key phrase, in his name. In his name. In right. his, only only through only right. through Christ right. can we right. have right. that. Can we have that uh, forgiveness? And through that, ex, ex, I should say, not just have the forgiveness, but experience the forgiveness right. as well. Experience no, I, yeah, that and absolutely. have that second chance. Absolutely. And forgiveness to me is forgetting the past and moving forward for what's ahead. Mm-hmm. And that's a message some of you need to hear, by the way. You cannot sit around and wallow in your sins or your mistakes forever. You got to move up and keep going. Look back at our previous episode, Mary right. Magdalene, just previous in this chapter. Right. That was her to a T. Right. Well, some people try to pin you down to your sins. I mean, some people try yeah. to keep bringing it up, try to keep reminding us, like, no, we're not pinned down there anymore. I mean, when Christ forgives us of our sins, we're allowed to move past a bad episode in our lives. We're allowed right. to move past a mistake right. or something, or a bad choice. We're allowed to move past it, even if somebody else won't. And personally, to be honest with you, Eric, like, I'm glad that I don't feel like I'm the one to decide if you should be forgiven or not. Mm-hmm. That Or that I would ever even have the wisdom to be able to yeah. decide if a person, yeah, you know what, you, I will forgive you i won't forgive and i think that we have to realize this is out of our hands and sometimes though i think we do act like this Mm -hmm. oh well i'm not letting that go yeah i'm not right so we're doing this series in youth group on on justice we're finishing it up this weekend or i should say we just finished it up it's all it's all on justice i was watching this uh is a ted talk actually on forgiveness and she was saying um she's working on forgiving or she did just forgive the neighborhood boy who murdered her mom and brother. Right. And for years, she was reduced 
reduced him to just that moment until right. she wrote this letter. She's like, I, I held on to him for so long and it was only, um, she looked up his prisoner ID, whatever. He was in solitary confinement for 23 hours a day, blah, blah, blah. For years, he's doing a double lifetime sentence. She's like, I got to forgive this guy. Right. And it was actually this like really powerful, really inspiring. Like, would I be able to do that? I don't know. Just like what you were saying is like, yeah, it's a good thing. I'm not God. Cause right. I, I would like pick and choose who gets, right. who gets the forgiveness kind of thing. It's like, no, I, I don't know. I was, I was like really inspired by I, her story of like her. She wrote this letter. She forgave him for all this stuff and all this emotional baggage that, that he caused right. of what she did. I was like, Holy smokes. And here's the thing. I mean, I, I just talked to somebody this week that, you know, X number of years ago, something really terrible happened to this young lady and it's, it's really sad and regrettable and unjust and horrible. And it's the kind of stuff people should be in jail for it. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And they're not. And that, that, that's a bad thing. But like I told her, I said, look, you can't stay there. Like you can't, this right. is, forgiveness right. isn't about condoning what they did. Forgiveness isn't about letting them go. It's about letting yourself go mm. and move on free from it. So it's not mm -hmm. dominating your life. I said, because it's really sad to me when somebody is abused, especially let's say if there's a sexual abuse or yeah, something like right, that, right. that, or something happens to a child. And all of a sudden now that person is repeatedly perpetrating that act against them because of their memories. And it's like, they have a hold of this person that they shouldn't have. Right. Exactly. Like they should exactly. not be able, like who wants to be held captive by the worst, most creepy person, most mm -hmm. horrible person you ever met in your life. Sure. Sure. Right. And like that person who took away her family member, you know, and you, you want to be stuck with that person for the rest of your life. And forgive this is the way yeah. to be unstuck from that right. person right. and say, no, you know, I, I have to forgive it because what else am I going to do with it? I mean, it's not even to me, like forgiveness is the logical choice mm -hmm. because what am I supposed to do with it? Like I can't, go kill this person. I can't yeah, go right, right. take them out or make them punish. It's not for me. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So I don't have any ability. It's not my job to make them pay. I just leave it to the Lord and say, Hey, you got to mm -hmm. take care of it. And that's a process. Sometimes, sometimes you got to pray every day. Like if you're harboring stuff and that's why I told this young lady, I said, look, every day you got to pray. Like if you haven't forgiven or, or you're having a hard time, then you got to just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Just keep praying until the storm's gone. Yeah. And then when the storm's gone, you'll know it because you'll be able to think about it and not be emotional about it. That's how you know when you forgave someone, if they really hurt you, you're not emotional when you think about it anymore. Right. You can think right. about it and you're not like, it doesn't bother me now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I've, I know I've gotten past it because I don't have all that emotion. So obviously forgiveness is a huge issue in uh, it, it's a huge issue because we hold on to things. It's a huge issue because people feel guilty, because people feel shame. People feel like they can't come to church because of what they've done. They can't ever be close to God. They can't ever have a normal life or healthy. They can't ever get past the shadows that keep trying to grab them. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's a, it's absolutely enormous. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, and, and people kind of find their identity in, in their existence being reduced to one instance right. or a circumstance or one time thing or, you know, whatever it was. And, and that, that's so unfortunate. Right. You got experiences, um, forgiveness and, and in that experience, the reconciliation of first and foremost, your relationship with Christ, yeah, right. be Absolutely. drawn back to him, have that repentance right. as well. Um, yeah, no. And that, and that's, that's more of the, the deeper, I mean, cause everyone says, I forgive you but they still hold on to it right. way deep down within them. Right. 
and just like you're saying, like, right. yeah, you can't have them chained to your to your wrist forever. Because right. right. when you don't forgive them, that's exactly what you do. No, it's like you're unable I mean, to that, move that, on. that a lot of times we just got to let it go and move on. I mean, I've had it done a, a, tons of times mm-hmm. in my life. Just, ah, oh, yeah. Just grab it. Let's go. Let's move on. Because, because I want to be free. I want to be happy. I don't want to be miserable. To be honest with you, like, in my life, I like to laugh. I like to carry on. I like to have fun. I like to smile. Right. This all stuff just takes your smile stuff away. You know, this stuff is killing your joy. You shouldn't let stuff steal your joy like this. So I love it that he brings two big, huge hitters as soon as he meets, he meets the guys. I mean, he erases doubt. Hey, here are my hands on my side. So that erases yeah. that. He's going to say peace. So that's going to help erase their fears. And then he's going to talk about forgiveness because that's why he came here. Mm-hmm. Why why did he come here? Why did he die? Why did he raise again? It's all about forgiveness. Then you got one guy who's not there, so he has big doubts. And that's Thomas. And so Thomas, known as Didymus, doubting Thomas, everyone and their brother can relate to this guy, I think. Uh, one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus Christ came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. He should have believed it right there, and that should have been enough. But that's not enough for him because he's like from the Missouri state, which is the show me state. You got to prove it. Unless I see the nail marks in his hand to put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. And honestly, like I could see parts of myself in this guy. I'm not saying oh, I'd yeah. be 100% Thomas, but... Uh, no, I can see some of myself like I'm one of those prove it to me guys. I don't really believe yeah. a lot of what I hear. I'm like, you show me, I'll believe it. He thought there was a doppelganger amongst them. That's yeah, what, maybe that's he might have thought that exactly. And then, so it's a week later. He's I'm not going to believe it. So then he goes this whole week of not believing it. He's just he's just not going to. So I it'd be interesting to be around lunch with those guys. Yeah, you hear right, all the conversation, right. and he just keeps, I'm sure, saying, whatever, guys, whatever. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. And just keeps dismissing him until now he's with them in the house. And the doors are locked. Again, Jesus Christ came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Hmm. That is the point of the book of John. There you go. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas, it doesn't even say that he put his hand in the spear mark or mm-hmm. his finger in a nail mark. I don't think he needed to at that point. Yeah. He just dropped down and said, my Lord and my God. Yeah. One of the great professions, by the way, in the Bible, this is probably, that is probably one of the great verses in the Bible. Who, what does he call Jesus? My Lord and my God. Mm-hmm. He recognizes the divinity of Christ. So sometimes yeah. people, and Jesus Christ didn't say, now, come on, Thomas, don't go that far. I'm not really that guy. He doesn't say that. He doesn't deny it because he is right, God. Right. So that's one great proof verse right there. And then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and still believed. Yeah. No, I, I've always been taught, like, your doubting is not always bad as long as you're uh, kind of pressing into it and seeing why. So if you, like, picture a number line here, negative one, negative two, one doubt, two doubt. Because when it is flipped, like in Thomas's case, it's now not only positive one, but positive two. Right. So his doubts are completely reversed and come all the way back over. Right. To that's where he recognizes and submits, my right. Lord and my God. From you know, from doubting, okay, let me see. Okay, prove it right. to me. Let me see it again. Let me oh, put your hand here. Like this is it. This is me. Put your hand on my side. Do you right. see the hole now? Oh, okay. And the doubts are completely reversed into uh I yeah, he's my Lord and my God submitting to I him. would I would like to know. I mean, hopefully in heaven someday they actually have uh, biographies on these guys written because I would love yeah, to know right, right. what did he do? Because you follow the Bible really follows John some because you have you have the Gospel of John and you have first, second, third John, you have the book of Revelation, so you have him and you have Peter, right? And so you have first, second Peter, and you know in the book of Acts, like he's a really, really big player. Uh, you hear James, mm-hmm. you know, his yes, name I was just thinking of. shows up and then half brother Jesus too. But I mean, both of them do. Uh, and you don't really, 
you don't hear a lot from the other ones of the 12 mm -hmm. disciples, but you know, they went and did something. Oh yeah. It's just not really recorded for us. So it would be, it's going to be neat to know someday, like how this all panned out for him, but his doubts were dismissed, but he needed the sight. And Jesus Christ said, listen, blessed are those who have not seen and still believe mm -hmm. that's us. That's every one of us. All we have is we have the eyewitness accounts and we're in that exact place where Thomas is. We didn't see it at first, right? And so we have to believe what the testimony is, the yeah. testimony of Mary Magdalene, the testimony of the disciples, the testimony of others that are recorded in Scripture. As it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith and not by sight. And then John tells the purpose of the book. He said, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his, of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. Mm. Boom. That's what this book... I love, I love it. it when somebody authors a book and definitively gives the purpose, right. stated purpose of right. the book. Here's what it's all about, is so that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that by believing you might have life in his name. That's awesome right there. Right. Yeah, I even highlighted that actually just this morning. Because there's no, there is no life apart from Jesus Christ. This is it. He rose from the dead is the singular most important evidence mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ is who he said that he is, mm -hmm. right? It's this resurrection. The reason that they went to their deaths for Christ, Paul saw a resurrected Lord. Peter sees a resurrected Lord. John talks about what I've seen, what I've heard, what I've yep. touched, what I've been, been around. That's, that's what I share with you. These evidences are enormous. These men all went to their death saying the same thing, that Christ came back from the dead. That then bolsters our faith. Mm -hmm. So understand, this is about belief. And what we're talking about today is your own faith. And you have to ask yourself, where is it? Now, you can evaluate your life and say, well, I have a lot of fear right now. Then I would say, then let's go back to the peace that Christ offers. And you might say, I have a lot of doubt right now. Let's go back to the Thomas. Let's go back to Christ. Let's go back to the fact that we need to be believing. And that, that's something, hopefully, in this 40 days of seeking God and typically in our lives, things that we are pursuing. We appreciate each, each one of you tuning in. Uh, have a blessed week and awesome weeks. Great season for us to tune into God. And we hope that every one of you guys are taking advantage of that. <laughs>